Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Genesis chapter 43. We are midway through the story of the famine that God is saving the family of Jacob from and the trial by which he is testing and refining their character. We pick up the narrative at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy our food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Israel said, Why did you treat me so badly as to tell the man that you had another brother? They replied, The man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? What we told him was an answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said to Israel his father, Send the boy with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now have returned twice. Now, notice that all of the named characters in the story, other than Joseph and Benjamin, are the men who have committed the most grievous sins thus far in the narrative. Reuben slept with his father's concubine. Simeon slaughtered the Shechemites. And Judah has been sleeping with prostitutes while his brother was in prison down in Egypt. These are the men who are singled out in the story in terms of the work of God in their lives. Reuben has acted bravely and sacrificially. Simeon has spent almost two years in prison. And Judah here speaks tenderly and offers himself as a guarantee for another. These men are changing under the wise, fatherly discipline of Almighty God. Verse 11 says, Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry a present down to the man, a little balm and a little honey, gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Take double the money with you. Carry back with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise. Go again to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. The famine and the pleadings and urgings of his son and likely the changes he can observe in their character finally convince Jacob to entrust Benjamin into their care. Verse 15 says, So the men took this present and they took double the money with them and Benjamin. They arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. 
When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the man into the house and slaughter an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph told them and brought the man to Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, It is because of the money which was replaced in our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that he may assault us and fall upon us to make us servants and seize our donkeys. So they went up to the servant, the steward of Joseph's house, and spoke with him at the door of the house and said, O my Lord, we came down the first time to buy food. And when we came to the lodging place, we opened our sacks, and there was each man's money in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it again with us, and we have brought other money down with us to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He replied, Peace to you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. And when the man had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water, and they had washed their feet, and when he had given their donkeys fodder, they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. At this point in the story, the men are completely disoriented. They are certain that God has conspired to destroy them. The money put back in their packs will surely discredit them, and it will have been presumed stolen, and they will likely end up in prison if they are lucky. They are expecting the worst. And what's more, they know they deserve it. They may not have stolen the money, but they did kill their brother, and they are resolved to pay the price for what they know That they have done. And then, instead of punishment, they receive mercy and favor and kindness. Somehow, some way, the logbook indicates that their money was received. Somebody else paid their debts and gave them gifts besides. Are you seeing that? Okay, this is a picture of the gospel, and it changes these men. A friend of mine said to me once that a person tends to learn gentleness by receiving less punishment than they deserve. He said that men in particular are often incapable of gentleness until they are treated kindly when they know they should be treated harshly. When a man does wrong and expects to be exposed or humiliated or fired or demoted or incarcerated or otherwise justly punished, but instead is given mercy, a second chance, or a gentle correction, he is changed inside, and he is inspired and motivated to treat other people with mercy. That is what is supposed to happen in the hearts of saved people. Jesus said that. Jesus said that if it didn't happen, there was something wrong with you. In the parable of the unmerciful servant, that's exactly what we see. A man is treated more graciously than he deserves, and he goes out and acts violently and ungraciously to a fellow servant. And as a result, it is determined that he is an unworthy servant who has not properly appreciated the master's kindness. The point being that in a saved person, a person God is doing a miracle of grace in, The experience of mercy and kindness and favor when nothing but punishment and harshness is deserved produces gentleness. It produces meekness. 
and wonder and gratitude. It is sanctifying. That's what we are seeing in this story. Verse 26 says, When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present that they had with them and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God, be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and controlling himself, he said, Serve the food. They served him by himself and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. The fact that they were seated in the order of their birth further disorients these men. And the favor and the portion given to Benjamin is simply amazing. Something is going on here. But at this point in the story, they don't know what that is. They just know that they were expecting punishment and instead they've been shown mercy. They expected danger and they have received blessing. God is in this to be sure. But as of yet, they do not understand his purposes. For that, they will have to wait for the next chapter and so will we. We'll pick up the story tomorrow. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to Into the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those over the website at www.intotheword.ca. You can also check us out on Facebook, and I hope you do. We have a growing community of Bible readers over there, and we post daily encouragements and conversation starters. Hope to see you there. And I hope to see you again tomorrow, right here for another episode of Into the Word. Before.